This is Table Talk with the Greenville House of Prayer, where we set the table for Christian conversations that explore the Scripture, promote prayer, and seek to edify the body of Christ. For more information about Greenville House of Prayer or to contact us, please visit our website at ghopsc.org or connect with us on Facebook at Greenville House of Prayer. Now for today's broadcast. Welcome to another episode of Table Talk with the Greenville House of Prayer. We're glad you've tuned in today. Uh, we're excited about today's broadcast. My name is Curtis Carr. I'm here with my co-host Joseph Cheatham and Ron Ratliff. Good to have you back with us, Ron. Glad to be here. Yeah, it's always good to, to have Ron in the mix, the, the sage, offering his, his years of experience and wisdom with us. Uh, so we're excited about that. Um, we are continuing, or actually going to be culminating our uh, series, I guess you could call it, the eighth episode. Uh, we've been focusing on the Beatitude. So we are uh, wrapping that up. If you want to check out the archives, they're on our website. Uh, we'd love for you to, to catch those as well as reach out to us uh, on our website at ghopsc.org, ghopsc.org. You can also connect with us on Facebook. Uh, but today we're going to be looking at uh, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake. Uh, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. You know, Jesus goes on to say, Blessed are you when they revile you and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. And for so they uh, persecuted the prophets who were before yeah. you. So there's, Vile. A, there's a lot in there. That is quite a, quite a word there. What <laughs> translation is that one? That's probably the New King James. I think uh, I may have so read that from That's a good one. <laughs> uh, actually, they pulled The New King James pulled that back from the King James. Yeah. Revile. There's That's more. Really, uh, it's more guttural there. It's, it feels <laughs> like you know the word persecuted for righteousness' sake. Yeah, for righteousness' sake, as we're walking with Christ. It's important so. to note that that yeah, it's not. Um, it's not just because you're not persecuted because you know you got in an argument with somebody and you know you were punched in the nose or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, you were being you were being kind of <laughs> confrontational and you, or you didn't like what they said to you, so you said a snarky comment back and you got in a fight. That's not persecution for righteousness' sake, right? That's stupidity. <laughs> yeah, right. So let's be clear with that. But uh, isn't it amazing that Jesus says, "Blessed are you who are persecuted." That flies against the idea, I think, uh, in the world, maybe, so to speak, yeah. of what it means to be blessed. Yeah. And you I think blessed, you're comfortable. I like being comfortable, but it's comfortable and you got a nice, you know, study in your house. Or keep you the peace. Book, whatever it is, you know. Let's, yeah. let's be, you know, love everybody. Universalism. Let's just but Jesus you know, pat says everybody you're on poor the back. In spirit, you mourn. You're meek. Yeah, you're merciful. Once a night, I can I get merciful, and then it finishes. It culminates. Well, you're per the blessed person is persecuted. Yeah, yeah. For the, righteousness. These beatitudes are core values of the kingdom of God. You know, they're one of Jesus's leading uh, points on one of his greatest sermons to his his leadership team. You know, but. They are contrary to the world system, and they're contrary to often our human nature. And I don't know that th this may be one of the the most contrary to our human nature and to the world system is that we the gate a gateway to joy is experiencing persecution for the sake of righteousness. It, a gateway to joy is. Uh, being reviled and persecuted, and you know when people speak evil against you, like. 
Jesus is saying, rejoice, be glad. This is a good thing. Like, wait a minute, Jesus. <laughs> we don't hear the message too much anymore about take up your cross and follow me. Yeah. What does the cross mean? Take right. up your cross and follow me. Because yeah. people were inquiring about him. He was telling them, you don't have a, I don't have a place to sleep. I don't know where I'm going to eat. But yeah. you want to follow me? Take, take up your I think cross in and America, follow me. In American Christianity, Western Christianity, it's easy to be comfortable. It's easy to miss that call, that that a call to follow Jesus is first and foremost is a call to come and die, right? It's come and lay down our life. Uh, you know, there's a, there's an ultimate end goal in that. It's not dying for the sake of dying, but there's a, there's a, uh, a call to, we got to embrace that difficulty. We got to embrace the trial. We got to embrace the persecution. I mean, Jesus said, look, if, if they hated me and you want to follow me, they're going to hate you. That's you know, right. and his disciples said that Paul saying to Timothy and second Timothy three, you know, all who desire to live godly in Christ will suffer persecution. So it's a promise. Mm-hmm. You know, we think of like the promises of God. Oh, I'm going to be blessed. I'm going to, you know, have health. I'm going to have prosperity or whatever. And those things are true in some respect. But also there's a promise that if you want to truly live godly in this life, you're going to experience some persecution. If you really want to model and follow Jesus, you're going to be hated by some people. Yeah. You are going to have to take up your cross and die and be wronged against. You could be completely right in the situation. You could have a pure motive, pure heart, and people are still going to point their finger at you or make fun of you or even to like Jesus to the point of death, right? I mean, there's people yeah. today who are being killed simply because they love Jesus and love God and want to love people. And Jesus says, hey, you're, you're blessed in that place because what? Because great is your reward in heaven. Yours is the kingdom of heaven. If you can, mm-hmm. if you can lay hold of that reality, and so one, we just let's come to terms with that. Like, if you want to follow Jesus, don't think it's everybody's going to love you, right? <laughs> don't think everybody's going to celebrate you. Now, you'll have the greatest relationships you ever you you ever have. You know, you'll have deep fellowship with the brothers and sisters and God, the family of God. And but you're going to be hated by some people and right. hated by the world. And you're going to be like the prime target of the enemy too, right? You know, we we might go under the radar, but when we become a Christian, people kind of wonder what's going on here. Well, now you're a prime target. The That's enemy, when the real battle begins. The enemy's right, right there, and he doesn't care about you doing the right thing. Yeah. Matter of fact, he can change that, twist that all around and make it look like you're doing the wrong thing. Yeah. So. Yeah. If we look at um, the beatitude of uh, just again more closely, you see there's two things that a person is blessed for, at least in this passage. And this is Matthew 5, 10 through 12. There's two things that, that the person is blessed for being persecuted for. One is righteousness and the other one, in verse 11, well, I'll say, mine doesn't say revile. It says, blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Yeah, falsely. So because of because of Jesus. So I, either one, because of righteousness, and then the other is because of Jesus. Yeah. And I, I feel it when I go to work. I mean, you know, to talk about Jesus and to say his name, is you don't. Not my workplace is great, but you know I don't always feel comfortable. You know, it's not the easiest thing to just talk about the one that we love, really. And yeah. and I think because there's a fear of how people might think or say, or, 
the controversy that he really he really is a, a, a controversial to the world and yeah. and um and so and I think because we we know deep down that there could be persecution um yeah. related to his name and well the, and I think yeah most people and his name is cursed I mean the, I mean what name is cursed more than than Jesus Jesus's name people yeah. don't curse in the name of Buddha or, or whatever but or Muhammad yeah, you know, but um, the world will curse because because of Jesus. But if if we are persecuted because of Him, then we're blessed. Yeah, Isn't that good. And he, this, yeah, he tells good? us to find a joy in that place. Like that should be our yeah, source of joy. And how for me personally, and I'd probably say a lot of <laughs> American Christians probably that's just a we need a whole paradigm shift on this. Like, do I really go into you know if I'm honest with myself, I've, I've experienced some persecution in my life. I don't know that I've counted it like my highest joy, right? Or, or, or going into, like you said, your workplace mm-hmm. or your family and you're taking a stand for Jesus and, you know, you find some resistance. You know, my flesh still kind of hurts. Kinda my take, ego, my it, ego kind of hurts. It still, takes you, you know, back. You know, it takes you too. back a little bit because we're not mentally prepared for it a lot of times, yeah. you know, for the, for the onslaught. But I think that's where, you know, prayer, part of our, our mission and our, point of these broadcasts is to promote prayer like this drives me to the lord in the place of prayers like lord i want to live godly in you and i don't want to compromise make me ready for this persecution lord change my my perspective to to rejoice and find joy in those things and give me an eternal perspective you know that's an important part of this scriptures you can rejoice if you have an understanding of eternity that every bit of persecution is going to be rewarded by Jesus in the age to come. And also to go through this persecution, you have to have the supernatural power of God. Yeah, it's not a human work. We're just not going to go through this and, you know, I'm going to make it through this. No, you have to be walking in the Spirit, living in the Spirit and anointed. This is supernatural life. To do this verse here, to do these verses we're talking about, takes the power of God, nothing less. You have to be dead to yourself. Yeah, dead to yourself and alive to God and dead to the opinions of man, dead to, you know, the material world. I don't care if I lose my job for being living righteous, you know. I I don't care if I'm— Because our job and everything we can get in this life, it pales in comparison— yeah. To the reward, which is right here, the reward for us who are in Christ in heaven, kept in heaven for us. Yeah. You know, all the rewards that we've read, you know, read about in these Beatitudes, that theirs is the kingdom of heaven. They'll be comforted. They would inherit the earth. Right. I mean, being shown mercy, seeing God, and it is culminating in, you know, you would have a great reward in heaven. And, and, and I think that's the connection here. I mean, there really is a connection in this verse and in others in the New Testament yeah. of rejoicing, joy, being glad, and persecution. And how does that make sense unless you have hope and in, in, in a reward yeah. that is not primarily, maybe a little bit in this life, but primarily and largely in what is available for us in the future. Yeah. And I think that's an extremely important point because there's, there's a lot of people who focus even in Christianity 
on the temporary, on the now, on you know God's blessing me now, my experience of Him now. Maybe there's my, a little bit now. There right? is. I, yeah. I'm not denying that. I'm but, not saying you are. But but, the, <laughs> but your point is the most the most uh, the the greatest experience of it is yet to be seen yeah. and will not yet be seen. I mean that's how in Roman. I mean in Hebrews 11. I mean the the heroes of faith are what they're sawed in half you know they're burned they're all of this stuff and they're propped up as these heroes you know that we should model and and be like i want to be like that guy yeah. you know who of whom the world is not worthy what the writer of hebrew says oh, he like, also said that, that that's not when was that last time you know that was preached at you know at most of your churches in in america like <laughs> I've heard of, here's here's no the role model. You know, here's the leadership conference, the church leadership conference. Who wants to go? And leadership conferences are good. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not hating on that. Who wants there to go to that balance. conference? Though, I mean, you better. Yeah, but they said come be a martyr conference. Yeah. <laughs> they said they were passing through this land. This land was not their home. Yeah, they were, they had that mentality. They were pilgrims marching through this. You know, talking about our mindset, we need to realize or get in a more spiritual mindset. What is our home? Are we making this our earthly yeah, home? That's good. Yeah. You know, are we this? We're just pilgrims passing through. It changes our whole looking of what we're doing. Yeah, and that's the prayer, even for you <clears throat> listening and for all. I mean, me, myself, Lord, let my heart be more attached to heaven. Let my heart be more grounded in in things above than in the temporary life, Lord. And I think the a life of prayer and a life of fasting is. The key, one of the keys to entering into uh, that state and having that temporary uh, generosity. You know, Jesus goes on in, in the Sermon on the Mount, which is this is the beginning of. Later, he talks about some of the practical outworking. You know, when you pray, when you give, when you fast, you're you're declaring war on uh, the temporary attachments to your heart in this world. You know, when you give away your resources, you're saying, I'm storing up for treasures in heaven when I give away things, even when it hurts. What's, so the, what's the ultimate thing? That. What's the ultimate thing, the ultimate commission that we're here for? Whatever we want the blessings of God, why do we want the blessings of God? Why do we want to go through this? We are called to rescue souls. We have been rescued by the King of Kings. Yeah. Now, it's our reasonable service that we lay our lives down so that we can rescue other people, other souls. That's why we're here. That's the only reason we're on this earth passing through. Now, we get our, we get our feet set down in concrete and we lose that whole thing. But that's the only reason. And as I get older, I realize that is really the only reason I hear it. If you want to give me a long life, that I might rescue more souls. Mm -hmm. That I might spend mm -hmm. more time in prayer so I can see God move. Yeah. Why are we here? And yet he wants us to enjoy things, you know, in the process too. You know, we're not uh, we're not necessarily promoting poverty as the best route to God, or you need to, you know, get some beatings to make sure you're a true Christian. Like there's, you know, there's some. But there is there. a connection between joy, a real connection between joy and persecution and, and suffering and trials. And you know, and Paul says that. Um, you know, if it wasn't for the resurrection, we would be the most pitied of all men. Yeah. And, and why is that? Because the Christians, the early Christians were, were undergoing real persecution. They were having their, uh, their land. I mean, at one place, I think he said their land was being confiscated and, mm -hmm. and, you know, that they did go through a lot of suffering and, and they would be the most pitied of men if they didn't have a hope in the next, 
age and the resurrection. Well, and particularly the Paul's talking about the apostles there in in First Corinthians. Primarily, he's saying we've sacrificed everything for the sake of establishing the church, so you can have a a good life. And and you know we've we've uh, we've given up earthly resources, and we are like. Can I say this? We don't have a home, you know. Can I say this? I don't know, Katie. <laughs> what do you get? These, these are true apostles. Yeah, yeah. I, I, mean, I think the he's talking deal. about the, just regular believers yeah. right there in First Corinthians. I, I mean, there's other parts he's talking about the apostles, but you know, we're here for the through these testings and trials to bring glory to God, to bring glory to God that we honor Him and ask as we go through this with the with the blessings of God to touch other people's lives as well That's as good. we go through. Well, Acts 6, the apostles are before the Sanhedrin. The Sanhedrin want to, they get set up in a, in a, in a fury and they want to put them to death. Yeah. One of the, one of the Sanhedrin, one of the Pharisees gets up and convinces them not to do that. Instead, they have all the apostles flogged. Right. And then it says the apostles left the Sanhedrin rejoicing because they had been counted worthy of suffering disgrace for the name. So, I mean, there's that reaction of joy, rejoicing, because of suffering for whom? For the name, for Jesus. For the Savior that that died for them. I'd I'd like to look at, I'm not going to read it, but in Acts Acts 16, where it talks about Paul and Silas were beat. And there wasn't a a light beating, you know, in those days. They got quite a whipping. And they were thrown into the uttermost, innermost parts of the prison. They were in leg irons. Uh, they yeah. were beating. They were bleeding pretty much. And and at midnight, I don't know the whole thing, maybe after they got through a little bit of pain, they started lifting praises to God mm. right there in that dark dungeon. They didn't know what was going to be next yeah, for they them. Did, they didn't know they were going to, if I praise, I'm going to be you had, know, broken out of here. They were just yeah. praising the Lord. That just yeah. flowed out of the relationship with God. They wanted yeah. to give Praise to Jesus Christ. Yeah, they were they they appreciated him so much, and they knew they were going to suffer, and they'd suffered before, but they wanted to give him glory and praise in the midst. I can just sense the Holy Spirit working in their hearts right now, just yeah. to lift that praise to God. And when they did, the whole prison—you can imagine—it very quiet at midnight. Those mm-hmm. prisoners were listening, and they must have been going, "Man." These guys didn't these guys just get beat to death? And then yeah, they're a little crazy, I think. Then, <laughs> and they yeah. were so crazy that God showed up and shook the whole prison. Yeah. So yeah. we see as we would go through persecution that we don't know what God's going to do as we faithfully go through uh, persecution and difficulty in our lives. Because I, when we go through the toughest things in our life, I think that's when God shows up. Yeah, that's yeah. when God shows up and does yeah, some good. great things. Yeah. And and can we yeah whatever situation we're in right now work let's work that muscle you know let's count it all joy when we encounter various trials whatever trial you're going through is that connection again right whatever persecution you're going through rejoice be exceedingly glad now if it was because you made a stupid decision maybe not rejoice in the stupid decision but you can still rejoice that the Lord is good and that He will see you through it. If people are being mean to you because you follow Jesus, rejoice. You know, let's prepare the way. You don't, I don't think you get to the place where you can worship in a jail cell and, you know, horrible conditions in that day. 
I don't think you can get to that place without first rejoicing when someone makes fun of you or rejoicing when you've got a, had a bad day or we got to start flexing that muscle now. So when those times come, we've got the spiritual strength by the power of the Holy Spirit to flex those muscles and watch mm-hmm. God show up in those times, you know, yeah. <clears throat> that our hearts will be anchored in the age to come. First Peter says, Dear friends, do not be surprised at the painful trial you are suffering as though something strange were happening to you. So don't be surprised. And then it says, what should you do? Rejoice that you participate in the sufferings of Christ so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. Just that connection, right? Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. It points to the day when he returns, you know, Mm -hmm. all all accounts are going to be settled. And I think the tension is we got to get a vision for this. We got to get a vision for eternity. We got to get a vision for the age to come and when we're going to see him and stand before him. And those who have, you know, laid down their lives the most are going to be rewarded the greatest, right? Mm-hmm. And and I wrestle with that. You know, I'm like, Lord, give, also, me, give me vision. Here's Do the, it by your in, spirit. In these trials Help and me. testings and persecutions, that's where the fellowship with Jesus is so rich. Yeah. He's not going to leave us out there alone. You're going to sense his presence. You're going to, it's going to be a supernatural phenomenon when you'll be sensing Jesus right there. As we looked, talked earlier about Stephen. Yeah. Stephen uh, was being persecuted, you know, and so they were stoning him to death. He just looked to heaven. He gave his witness. He gave his testimony. He was not holding any punches against those Pharisees and Sadducees. And Jesus, he saw Jesus standing at the right hand of God, supernatural vision and revelation. So we don't know what God's going to do when we stand true to the test. You know, that's that's what we're called to do. We're called to do our part. And I'm saying I'm not brave or courageous. So the Holy Spirit's got to show up and help us. Help us. Yeah. Help us and give us that vision where we can go through. And cultivate that. I mean, you look at that sermon that Stephen preached. I mean, he recounts the whole, He's the whole that story thing out. of God. And then he to- he turns to them and says, you're, you're the ones who did it. You're, you know? the, you're the man. And, and that's when they gnashed their teeth and said, wait a minute, and stoned them. I mean, like, that, that was I the think, anointing of the Holy Spirit on him just to lay that thing out. He was he was he knew what he was doing. I think some people, you know, I think sometimes maybe we don't experience persecution because we're not leaning into the Holy Spirit's boldness and and what He may be leading us to do. And I'm like, Lord, give us courage, give us boldness that we would be Your witnesses and we would see the opportunities and we wouldn't love our lives more than we then we love you and your word and, and the people we're seeking to to minister to and, and reach out to. I think at the very least, even if we're not undergoing overt or intense persecution, we should consider the fact that this is the, the eighth of eight Beatitudes. And that there really is an emphasis that Jesus puts on it that this is the blessed man. And, you know, how do we respond to that? And we should ask the question in prayer, in the place of prayer, ask the question, why? Why? Why is this the case? And, and I think it, what the answer is, because our hope is in heaven. Our hope is in heavenly things more than the things of this life. Now, I believe heaven will come to earth and we will see God restoring heaven and earth together. But, you know, this is where our hope is. I think that, that question of why is so helpful so that if there is a time of persecution, if there is a time when things get tough, you know, Mm-hmm. Um, we as a church are ready and we understand that there's blessing tied to it. I was going to say, yeah, that I think the having a, an understanding of eternal rewards 
you know, that everybody doesn't just die and go to heaven and we're all on equal playing field in heaven, that there's different measures of of differing rewards and the way we live our life and faithfulness and abandonment to God here and now determines our rewards in the age to come. Having an understanding of that for me gives me more courage to lay my life down. And I mean, there's a reason Jesus teaches in this way. There's a reason he highlights rewards. And if you go and do a study on eternal rewards, it's pretty vast in the New Testament. And I think that is fuel to living more surrendered to God. And of course, it's you know the work of the Holy Spirit in our hearts, but having a vision for that gives you uh, more ability, I think, to lay down you know, the, the, the temporary stressors that may come. Yeah, and, and First Peter, um, Second Peter, we're, no, we were talking about First Peter earlier as well with suffering. But here in chapter 1, it says that um, through faith that we are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. And these have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold, Mm -hmm. which perishes even though refined by fire, may be proved genuine and may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. So our faith which is refined by suffering and persecution is like gold being refined by fire, but worth more than gold and will be revealed in that last time. There's rewards, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. God's after something very deep and rich in our lives that'll last for eternity. I mean, that we're, we're going through testings, trials and difficulties and be found faithful. And again, only the reason that can happen is on our personal relationship with God himself, not a religious experience, not just reading their Bible prints. I'm talking about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ is the only thing that'll get us through this. It's the only thing we want. I mean, that's what it's all about, experiencing a relationship with Jesus Christ, God himself. God is our father. How great is that? Yeah. How great is that? And that's what we're called to, to be sons and if we're sons, it says we're going to be trained. We're, he's going to bring us through everything you know, faithfully and everything truthfully and righteously as we follow him. You know? Amen. Take us through everything, just like a father with his son. Amen, amen. Well, unfortunately, we're out of time, but uh, we want to encourage you, our listening audience, to, to dive into this. I mean, even as we're wrestling through this, our... our uh, dive into all the Beatitudes. Yeah, our goal is not to, you know... Oh, we've got this wrapped up, and there we we covered in our this thirty minute episode. No, we just want to set the table to to touch on these scriptures and provoke you to the place of prayer. Hopefully, encourage you to seek the Lord and uh, you know be built up in that place. And so we we encourage you to study these things out. Go and memorize and meditate on these beatitudes. Ask God to to work them in you in a deeper level. There's always more, and and that's what we're uh, we're asking for ourselves and and why we're. Um, having these conversations, you know. So, uh, Ron, you want to, you mind closing us in prayer? Amen. Father, we thank you for this time we're going to have together. We thank you, Lord, for what you've done for us, how you suffered and died and showed us, Lord, what it means to love and to and to walk through. Basically, Lord, it's your love flowing in our hearts and our lives. It takes us through trials, through difficulties, through persecutions, and the Holy Spirit working in our hearts, Lord. So we praise you and thank you 
for your loving kindness and strengthen us in your word, strengthen us in our lives that we would be able to go through these trials and we'd be tested and proved and be found as gold. Lord, thank you for your love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, thanks for joining us. Uh, We hope you'll tune in next week. Thanks for tuning in to this week's broadcast of Table Talk with the Greenville House of Prayer. We pray you've been encouraged and hope you'll join us next week as we continue to host Christian conversations that explore the scripture, promote prayer, and edify the body of Christ. For more information about Greenville House of Prayer or to contact us, please visit our website at ghopsc.org or connect with us on Facebook at the Greenville House of Prayer.